0: Hey, this is Rashad White. You're listening to Roster Watch. Roster Watch Nation. Welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Go to Underdog Fantasy right now. Use promo code ROSTER for 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Get into that big Best Ball Mania 3 contest with $2 million up top, just $25 to enter. Again, use promo code ROSTER with your first deposit for 100% deposit bonus up to $100. And joining us today, a, a very, very special guest, a frequent uh, guest here on the podcast and on the Sirius XM radio show. We've seen him go from um, I mean, just a hustler like us at the at these draft events to you know growing his image and growing his uh platform to where now he's one of the big head NFL reporters over at PFF. He's Trevor Sycama. You know him on Twitter at Tampa Bay Trey. You know the memes. You know the gifs, the gifs. <laughs> Trevor, is it is it gifs <laughs> or gifts from a gif master like? So, uh, such as yourself. I
1: always, I, I go, I pronounce the G like it's a hard G for me. So <laughs> I, I, do I too. think, I think it's GIF. I think it's GIF. Although, uh, who knows at this point? I guess you can call it whatever you want. But, uh, dude, it's so great to be with you. Always is, man. I appreciate you having me on the show.
0: Yeah, dude, for sure. Did, do you want to let people know what uh, what you guys have going on right now? I know you have uh, the uh, NFL Stock Exchange podcast that yes. you started that I shamefully have not uh, subscribed to subscribed to yet, simply because I have. Um, I, I I wasn't aware of it until I went to your Twitter <laughs> to figure out some questions to ask you and stuff. But I I went ahead and went to subscribe. That's with Connor Rogers from the Athletic. Like, Bleacher Report. Thought- he's he's a, he's a okay. BR. He's a BR.
1: No, but yeah, man, we started this podcast back in January, and yeah, you know, we talk we talk everything football. We talk NFL. We talk college football, but it's kind of like it. It's an NFL draft centric thing. Both Connor and I absolutely love the draft, and so a lot of what we talk about centers around the NFL draft. And we had a lot of fun launching that podcast right in the heart of draft season. So uh, it was great going through the mock drafts, the big boards, the rankings, everything you see in draft season, the combine senior bowl, all that kinds of stuff. So that was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I guess right now we're just going through summer scouting. We just really started to dive into that. We took a look at quarterbacks and we're going through every single position for the upcoming college football season and what could be the 2023 NFL draft class. So we're really getting into the weeds, getting into the film, the background of a lot of these guys. And so it's going to be a fun summer,
0: man. I'm excited about it. All right. So, so I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you about uh, some of that stuff. Yeah, please for do. For sure. For sure. Um, but you know, the other thing is it's, it's just to the listeners out there. If you guys remember, Trevor was on um, the locked on NFL draft, podcast that i would always talk about with our good friend uh, with our uh good friend on here john john ledger who's been on a million times and i think you had solac on there with you for a while Mm -hmm. you know so um if if you've missed hearing uh hearing trevor's voice man make sure and go subscribe to that new that new pod he always has such such great insight um but yeah speaking of that so you guys got into the summer scouting i just wanted to ask you so just lay it, lay it on us, man. The future of the quarterback position. I, I mean, is, is it in good hands? This year was a little bit rough, Trev. We need, we need some yeah. pop and some sizzle in the NFL mm-hmm. draft, man. Are we, are we, we going to get it next year?
1: You've got a chance to have a lot of pop and a lot of sizzle next year. Yes. <laughs> I, I can already tell you that the guys that we watched and we went through a handful of guys. I think we went through nine. I, I went through eight myself and then Connor, I think went through one of the players that I didn't have on my list. And so we went through almost 10 quarterbacks. We also talked about some of the guys whose notes we didn't get into too in-depthly yet this summer, but we will later this summer. But, man, it's already shaping up to be really great. I mean, at the top, you've got a really great battle between Bryce, Bryce Young at Alabama, who we already know won the Heisman Trophy, was one of the most prolific playmakers in all college football. Man, you've got him going up against C.J. Stroud, the quarterback from Ohio State. Uh, I went into it. I'm not going to lie. You know, it's so funny. We watch these games on Saturdays, and we watch them live, and we kind of have our opinions that we get based off of watching these guys live. And I was—I thought I was going to go into the film session thinking that CJ Stroud would be okay, but I felt like everybody was blowing him up too much. I—I I, I didn't think that I was going to love what I saw, and man, I ended up loving the film. He is fantastic. He is. Potentially worthy of the number one overall pick, no doubt about it in my mind. And so you've already got two guys right there who are worthy of that number one overall pick. You got guys like Tanner McKee, like Will Levis, like Tyler Van Dyke that are kind of that next group of quarterbacks who could easily sneak themselves into the top ten, top twenty. And then you got some wild card players. Of course, everybody knows Spencer Rattler, right? The QB one Netflix documentary, which kind of followed him around his senior year of high school. He's a five star quarterback, goes to Alabama, goes to Oklahoma, excuse me, under Lincoln Riley. Puts up some pretty good numbers because he's got a crazy arm to him, but ended up getting beat up by Caleb Williams, and he transferred to South Carolina. I mean, his prospect profile is all over the place, but his talent insane. The same thing can be said about Anthony Richardson down at Florida, how talented that dude is, both as, as a rusher and a passer. And so, like, right off the bat there, I, I just rattled off a handful of names that – could have easily been the top quarterback it feels like from this past class and there's just there there's so much more potential it feels like in this group than what we saw in 2022 and so I know it was a a big time down year with quarterbacks everybody's pointing to what we saw last year and they're like oh you know there's only one quarterback in the first round and Malik and Desmond Ritter didn't even go till the third round so it's just like there was not that hype, and I can tell you, 2023 is not going to be that way. We're going to get a lot of quarterbacks in round one, a lot of them in the top 50, and they're going to, once again, I think, shape the conversation around the 2023 draft.
0: Well, it's it's interesting you mentioned Richardson because everybody knows that, that, that Trevor is a Florida guy. Um, I guess you're not a Florida now, but you're – I mean – I graduated. I graduated right. from
1: UF. So I'm always, a, I'm always a Florida guy. So. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to ask you some, some, about the bucks, but you know, when you look at Richardson and you, li- and I listen to the way that Trevor talks about him when it compared to the way that he was on the radio show and he was previewing Kyle Trask with us, that's a completely different um, just sentiment. Oh, yeah. you know? yeah. <laughs> it's like a yes. different sentiment from, yes. from, from, from Trev. Yeah. Uh, because with, with, Tra- with Trask, he was getting some of that first round buzz and, and Trevor was like, hey, tap, hey, tap the brakes here a little bit. <laughs> I'm not sure we need to be so we'll, we'll we'll see what he does at the senior bowl or the combine or whatnot. But uh, you know, I'm not sure about this first round stuff. Um, I, I thought it was also interesting that you brought up Rattler. I'd like to ask you about him, but just between Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, at this point, do you like Stroud? Do you like Stroud more? Because whenever I look at him, I know he's bigger, he looks like he's probably 215 or 230. Mm-hmm. He looks like he's taller. When I watch Bryce Young, I know how good he is. I know how fast he is. I wouldn't be surprised if that guy runs a. Well, is 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 he going to run sub four five? I mean, it's like he could run a four five one or I think, it, I, nah, I think he could I run mean, a like, four four nine.
1: It'll I mean, it'll be I don't know. I think it'll be right around there. I don't think he's I don't think he's blazing fast. I think he's really mobile, really quick. But like I don't know. I I figure he'd probably run in the four fives, which guys for a quarterback is obviously really good. But you know, okay. going back to your question, I have Bryce Young. As my preseason QB one right now, based off the film, based off of what I watched um, from this past season. What does
0: he weigh, Trevor? He looks Who? skinny. Which
1: one, Br- Bryce Young? Like a buck eighty, man. Okay. I mean, he's 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 like one hundred and eighty pounds, okay. and I think I think at Alabama they have him listed at one ninety 190 or one ninety-five. I mean, he's he's not. He doesn't look one ninety. He's not one ninety-five. I would tell you that he's probably somewhere between 180, 185. That's what I think. Oh, also, I think Alabama has him listed. They have him listed at six foot. I think they have him listed at six foot. And I I, I can tell you right now, he's closer to five nine than he is at six foot. I, I think he's I think he's like five ten, five ten and a half. That's what that's what I think. And so, like going into my evaluation of these guys, there's so much of what Bryce Young does really, really well. When it comes to that backyard style of play, things breaking down, got to escape the pocket, got to keep the eyes downfield, deliver the ball somewhere very accurately on the run few quarterbacks in college football, if any, do it better than Bryce Young does. He's unbelievable in that regard. He can be super accurate. His release is lightning quick, whether it's short, intermediate, or deep. He puts the ball exactly where he needs to, and it's fantastic. But when you watch a lot of his mechanics, his mechanics aren't nearly what you want them to be from a consistent success standpoint when it comes to Having a wide base, keeping your knees bent, not clicking your heels, always being ready to throw—that kinds of stuff—and he doesn't have a lot of those things in his game consistently. And I, I, I genuinely think the reason is because he is short. Like I think mm-hmm. that he, he he normally when you look at quarterbacks, the rule is and what you want to do is. You wanna have your feet a little bit further than shoulder width apart for your base. Okay, that's where you wanna have your base. It's where you wanna consistently be. You wanna have your knees bent a little bit. So, mm-hmm. as you are scanning from left to right and middle, you are kind of hopping on your feet a little bit. You don't wanna to totally be on your toes. You still wanna be grounded, but you're not like clicking your heels, if you will, to move from one spot to the other. You're staying ready in your base. But if anybody out there is listening to this, you can stand up and try it as long as you're not driving. Don't do this while you're driving. <laughs> um, and you can stand up and try this. Put your feet a little bit further, than shoulder width apart. Bend your knees a little bit, and you obviously go down. You lose a couple of inches on your height. Yeah, sure. Bryce Young cannot afford to lose those inches. on He can barely see over the line of scrimmage as it is. So Bryce just does so many things well, but his base is narrow because he's standing on his toes because he's got to look over the line of scrimmage. And there's a lot of things in his game where you go, hmm, I wonder if that can ever really get better just because he is short. And that's a practical way where short quarterbacks are at a little bit of a disadvantage when it comes to tall quarterbacks. You look at C.J. Stroud, the mechanics are beautiful. He's got the wide base consistently. He's he's on his toes, and he's he's got a great base when it comes to throws, wherever he's setting up. He sees things very well, love the throwing motion, all that kinds of stuff. So he is so technically sound, where Bryce Young's a little bit more, you see just the natural talent. So it's, it's an incredibly interesting debate between C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young because they're both very talented quarterbacks that kind of win in different ways from the position. And it's going to be fascinating to see who – analysts gravitate towards and what their flavor is of quarterback between those two guys who they're going to have
0: ranked above the other is, is, is Bryce young to you? If you, and I, and I, and I understand that he doesn't necessarily have to compare to either of these guys for you, but is he more Kyler Murray or is he more Baker Mayfield? (laughs) And I'm not saying he has to compare to either. I'm just saying, which one is he more close?
1: I would say that he's more Kyler Murray. And I think that Kyler Murray is a better athlete than he is. It's funny because I think stylistically, as a passer, it feels like he's more Kyler Murray. But as a runner, I would say that he's probably more Baker Mayfield because he's just not as athletic as Kyler Murray is. But stylistically, I'd put him closer to Kyler just as an overall playmaker. Like as a guy who, when things break down, he can really escape the pocket and make things happen for you and he's got that super quick release i just think kyler's faster i think kyler's a better athlete so stylistically i'd probably say that uh kyler's a little closer to bryce young
0: what what about and i guess i'm asking about kyler murray baker mayfield now i'm gonna ask about spencer i guess (laughs) oklahoma guys on the brain i I don't know yeah but but like what what about rattler i mean i we got to you know i've I've watched him pretty closely dating back to whenever he was in San Antonio for the All-American practices as a, as a high schooler. Mm-hmm. And whew, Jesus Christ, you see that kid there. You're just like, we got something on our hands here. When right, right. And when, he, when, he, when he's throwing against there, you know, but then, like you said, all the hype there at Oklahoma, um, everything pointing to the fact that he comes. I mean, he comes into his first starting year. That was when, when NIL first got started. And I mean, he gets the big NIL deals with like you know raising canes, and I think you mentioned another one, and uh, just you know make you know these million dollar types of deals. He comes in, and really, really flames out. And I think the worst game you could probably watch was his game against Texas. I think Texas wins that game if Spencer Rattler plays the whole thing and Caleb, Caleb doesn't come in, um, you know, just because Spencer Rattler was completely you know, rattled, for lack of a better term, word. No, no pun intended. I just, I. Whenever you watch him, what is it that what is it that you see? Because it feels like he's getting talked up as a guy that still might have this kind of early, early you know buzz. Right day, day two, possibly even first round stuff based on the tools alone. Is it is it just the tools or are there things that you saw there? Because to me, it felt like Spencer Rattler the, the the day one dreams for him had already died. You don't think that that's the case? I I would not
1: put him in the day one conversation right now. Firmly, I would not have him in the day one conversation. Now, look, he's got an incredible arm. He really does, and he might have the best arm talent of anybody in this class. But he just doesn't know how to use it. I mean, at all, he he doesn't understand the nuances of the position. I think the mechanics are rough on him. He he loses uh, he loses his focus a lot of times when he's in the pocket. His pocket manages management is bad, and this is kind mm. of a. You know, this is kind of an Oklahoma thing. I'm not going to lie. Like, the Big Twelve is a really weird brand of football where things are so spaced out. It feels like there's not as much pass rush as there is in different conferences, oh, where sometimes yeah. these yeah. these quarterbacks can just sit back in the pocket for four, five, six, seven seconds and. Other times they can. What, what Spencer Rattler's problem is, it's like he's playing Madden, where he hikes the ball from the shotgun, and then he just keeps retreating, 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 mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he's like ten yards behind the line of scrimmage, and he throws it and he fires it where it needs to go because his arm is good enough. But it's like, okay, you're not, you are not managing the pocket <laughs> yeah. correctly. You, you aren't, you aren't building off of what it's like to feel pressure to get that internal clock where it needs to be in the back of your head, to have those eyes in the back of your head, if you will, that feel of when pressure's around you. Spencer Rattler does not have any of that experience, and he just makes really bad decisions. He's a, he's a, He is a straight-up bad decision-maker right now, and I like that he is getting a fresh start at South Carolina. I, I, I like that it is with a familiar face in Shane Beamer, who was at Oklahoma for a little bit while Spencer Rattler was going – was was getting into the program there. So I like all those things for them. I do honestly like the fit, but until he genu- genuinely proves it on the field, he can't be talked about as a day one guy. He just can't. Uh, he, no matter how talented the arm is, he doesn't know how to use it right now. And straight up, he does not know how to play the quarterback position the way an NFL player needs to. So I don't think that he would be picked as such if the
0: draft were today. Okay, so one more 2023 quarterback question. Um, mm-hmm. it, so we're basically... I think if you had to make the bets right now in Las Vegas for picks one and pick two preseason, it would be some formulation of, you know, young and Stroud, Stroud, young, something like that. Like, uh, those are probably gonna be the top two guys. If things, uh, you know, if there's not, what is it like barring unforeseen circumstances?
1: Right? Yeah. Unless it's Joe uh,
0: bro comes out of nowhere. Right? <laughs> right. Well, all right. So here, that's my question. Out of the other guys that you've watched, you mentioned the Stanford kid. I forgot his name, but he's, mm-hmm. um, what's his name? Tanner, Tanner McKee. Okay. Yeah. You mentioned Will, Will Levis who's yep. from Kentucky. Yep. There's the, um, there's the Miami kid. Tyler Van Dyke. Yeah. Yep. You mentioned, did you mention the Clemson guy DJ Ugo? Uh, no,
1: Uwe Younglele is how you yeah, say his last yeah. name, but I didn't mention him again because I don't want to say that he's, I don't want to say that he's in the same situation as Spencer Rattler because and Rattler is a little bit further gone even, but DJ's kind of in the same he's on the same plane where his arm talent's unbelievable he just doesn't know how to use it like he's just not accurate enough he just doesn't make good decisions right now so i think his stock as well is not nearly what it uh should be or could be so i don't think that he's a first rounder either
0: okay well, so which one of these other guys though do you think could we could like see pop up and be some dude that people are talking about when they're doing their mod drafts and like Carolina's picking up seven and that like that everybody sends him this guy like is there one of those dudes who you think exists in this class that could pop into a, a guy that people kind of glob onto as a top 10 sort of talent
1: well I mean you know outside of Stroud and Young who we talked about I really do think that those three quarterbacks that you mentioned Tyler Van Dyke Will Levis and Tanner McKee have the chance to be like those those top 20 players I mean if if i'm thinking of guys who we haven't named yet which i think it would kind of be a long shot at this point jake hayner's probably somebody who comes to mind for me who a big time gamer one of a really great college football quarterback finished top 10 in passing yards passing yards per game passing touchdowns last year returning to fresno this year with with jeff tedford like there's a lot of reason to have some pipe in him but he's a smaller guy i talked Uh to him recently actually and he said that he's gained about 10 15 pounds um over the offseason a good weight not uh not just straight pizza, not not that he's getting fat uh so hopefully there's a little bit more strength to him that he could be a little bit more dur- durable i know that he dealt with some injuries last year he's kind of a player who i would definitely have my eye on but those three guys of, of, of van well, dyke Levis, and, and i guess and, i didn't
0: i didn't i didn't phrase it right is there is there one of those three that that, that you like most well
1: i've got will levis as my qb3 going into the season, but there are things that Levis needs to work on. And it really comes down to when pressure mounts and when he gets, when he gets rattled, if there are things that he does not expect in front of him, sometimes he can freeze a little bit. Sometimes he could just like, he just, there are there were a handful of throws. I remember watching, watching this when I was going through his film, there are a handful of throws that he even looks the right way. You can see his eyes on the all 22. You can physically see him looking exactly where he needs to look, which is good. But then he won't throw the ball. It's it's as if a defender is either a little bit too close or maybe a little bit further back than he thought that they were going to be, and because of that he doesn't trust his arm and he won't like he won't throw. It. Which he should absolutely trust his arm. He's got a fantastic arm. He really yeah, does. Yeah, but yeah. there's just I I think that Will Levis has the highest potential out of that group of guys. He's going to be a little bit older of a prospect because he was at Penn State for three years before he transferred over to Kentucky. So he's got a lot of experience under his belt. But um, that's what I really want to see him get better at this year is when things go wrong, if you will, become that playmaker. Turn into that backyard football seven-on-seven kind of a guy where you could just let it fly uh, and let your really talented arm do a lot of the work. So that's what I'm looking to see from him. Some better pocket management when the pressure is on. And some a uh, little bit a little bit quicker of a trigger. I know that that might lead to maybe a couple extra turnover worthy plays, but it'll also lead to some really big plays as well.
0: It's going to be incredibly fun to watch this year, man. I can't wait to watch this big grip of quarterbacks play. it's going yeah. to be good. Uh, all right, Tampa Bay Bucks, I got to ask you, Trev, just a, a couple of quick questions. Um, so first and first and foremost. Is Chris Godwin going to be be ready to start the season? Do you think? Is he is, What what do you think the chances are that, that 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 guy starts the year on pup? Or do you think he'll be ready to go? Just what I know, you don't probably don't have any inside information, but what is your what's what's your gut feeling on this? I you know, I
1: think that he would be ready for week one, but for as deep as their wide receiver group is right now, I don't think that he's going to start on the pup list. Like I, I don't think they're going to want to, even if he doesn't even if he's not suiting up for week one, I don't think they have to put him on the pup list until like week six. Like I think, I, I think at worst he's making his debut in like week four or something like that. Um, but I do, I do like, I feel like there's a, there I feel like there's a chance for him to be, to him, for him to be ready for week one. So that's kind of, that's kind of the way that I see it. We will know a lot more once a lot of these camps get underway and sure. we get to see him out on the field and all that kinds of stuff. But I don't think he's going to be a pup candidate. I don't.
0: So, but, so, if, so, so, so if I put a water gun to your, just a water gun up to your head, yes. you said over, over, over under week 3.5, he, 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 he enters back into the fray. I wanted to make it hard because you said maybe it could see week four over under week 3.5, Chris Godwin's back on the field. I would say under. Under. Okay. I love it. Love it. I, we,
1: I, I, I think unless, you know. Unless, unless he's not. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I'm just, like, I'm just trying you're not to. Not I, a doctor. I'm, I'm trying, trying to think curious. in my mind. I'm like, I, I think he should be ready for Week One. I really right. do, because because I think he'll be ready enough to get a decent amount of action in camp. It's not like I think that there's going to be this massive warm up period for him. So I'll say under. I'll say under. I think he's ready closer to the season.
0: What do you think about the Bucks' offensive line with with the changes? Do you think how much do you think that's going to affect the running game? How much is that going to affect Tom Brady?
1: Well, it was it was going to look a lot worse when. And when Tom Brady wasn't there, right? Because when Tom Brady had retired, I, th- I think that Ryan Jensen was probably going elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, Al, um, you, you figured that, Al, that Alex Kappa was going to get a decent amount of free agency, and he did moving over to the Cincinnati Bengals. But you know, losing Ali Marpet was not something that they were planning on. So that was kind of out of nowhere for them. Brady comes back, and they somehow end up getting Ryan Jensen back. They trade a fifth round pick for Shaq Mason, which I don't understand how. I forgot. That I, forgot
0: actually to, I, I forgot that that even happened. Right, right. You yeah. forget that that happened,
1: yeah. and they have Aaron Stinney who can who can step in at guard, and they also like um, Luke Kadecki, who they just drafted in this past draft. Who I don't know if he's going to be ready like year one to play, but he feels like that spit and vinegar eat a bowl of nails for breakfast kind of a tough small school offensive lineman that jason light absolutely loves so i think yeah. he's going to get his chance to play sooner rather than later but of course you got your swarfs one of the best offensive tackles in the nfl on one side donovan smith who has been playing better as the offensive line has gotten better around him as well so i think the line's going to be just fine um it change any t- time you have change along the offensive line it's going to take some time to get the chemistry together but uh, I think that they will have plenty of time in a week NFC to get it together before a playoff run.
0: And what about what about the addition of Rashad White? What to you just because to me and tell me if you think I'm wrong about this, but I don't. As long as Leonard Fournette's healthy, I don't really see him breaking off any kind of role that would be substantial for us in the in the fantasy world. Um, I, I think, and you can tell me if that's different than what you think. But if it's not, what does this what does this mean for how they feel about Keyshawn Vaughn?
1: I don't know how they feel about Keyshawn Vaughn. Like I, again, like if we're talking fantasy purposes, I don't think either of those guys have much value at all. Um, it, but they're, see, they're, we they're,
0: have we have giant sickos who listen to this who play in these developmental dynasty leagues. Right, right. Huge, huge, huge I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I,
1: I like Keyshawn Vaughn. I actually liked the pick when it happened, but it doesn't seem like. Barring some injuries and him getting playing time and just kind of going off this year, it doesn't seem like he's going to be in Tampa for long. So if you're drafting him thinking that he's going to be a part of Tampa's plan, if you're like convincing yourself to stash him on a dynasty roster going, okay, well, like four nets of contracts up here, blah. blah I uh-huh. think it's more likely that he's, if Keyshawn Bond's going to break out to where he's he's useful for you in fantasy, even in dynasty league, it's probably going to be on another team in a I year like or two. Yeah. Um, And then Rashad White, I don't know. I mean, obviously they drafted him where they did. So they like him. They're hoping that he can bring him some third down ability, but they have Gio Bernard on the team too. Who's a veteran who like, when it comes to third down responsibilities, Tom Brady's going to trust veterans. Like the team is going to trust veterans. So the rushing attempts are going to go to Fournette and a lot of the third down opportunities are going to go to Gio Bernard. So as long as those two guys are healthy, white's not really going to give you much. I don't think much this year. You just stash him and maybe he'll be something for you in a year now or a what? year or
0: two. What about all right? And then finally, what about Gronk? You think he's going to come back?
1: I've always thought Gronk was going to come back. If, like, if if, if Gronk wasn't going to come back, he would he would have said that, right? That that's that's what I, I, can, I keep. Know, that's, what that's what I what, think. That's yeah. what I. That's what I keep going back to. It, it, it's not like like he would know at this point, right? I Mm -hmm. mean, like he he would know at this point whether or not his body was responding the way that it needed to. Tampa played their last game in January and Gronk's been like training. He's been traveling. He's been doing all this other stuff. And it's like, if he wasn't going to come back, he clearly is only going to come back to play if it's for the Bucs and Tom Brady in Tampa. He would have like he would have made it easy on them by now, right? I mean, like that's what that's what I believe. i I think that he was he's always been coming back. He just wanted to take time off. I think that he enjoys the fact that he, it's a mystery and nobody knows and all that kinds of kinds of stuff. but I really do. I think that 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 he's taken a lot of time off, but he'll eventually be back on the football field. He's going to be their tight end one to start the season.
0: And that's something just to keep in mind. We've been saying, you know, you could take him as your second tight end in these underdog contests right now. Once we get the word that he's coming back, that ADP is going to shoot up into the, you know, 10th, 9th round, that kind of thing, just with the way that he's been able to produce with Tom Brady. You can go right now to underdogfantasy.com, use promo code roster, get that 100% 100 deposit bonus, and get in on some of these early values. This has been Trevor Sycamore with us at Tampa Bay Trey on Twitter. As always, Roster Watch Nation, we ask you to mobilize, unite. Go follow our friends uh, uh, of of the Roster Watch radio program over on Twitter. Again, that's at Tampa Bay Tray, And also go subscribe to his podcast, as I just did before we went on, the NFL Stock Exchange with – What's the, your co-host, Connor? Connor Rogers, Con, with the Connor Rogers from Bleacher Report. Um, all right, Trev, I just got two more questions to ask you. I warned you about it before the start of the show. Uh-huh. Rookie at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end position that had your favorite landing spot for their ability to produce or their, their, their prospects to, to produce.
1: Okay. So I can go with running back as well. Cause we talked to pre-show and you just said, you, you only said wide receiver. So if you're opening up to running back, I just want to make sure. I I, I,
0: I meant to say like any skill position. Okay, man, there's a handful
1: that I like a lot that I just kind of want to give some shout outs to. I think number one, it has to be Kenneth Walker, right? Kenneth Walker has to be the top, Landing spot for any of these guys because oh he, that's
0: interesting like
1: I, he's I, yeah. he's used he's used to a big carry load and look Rashad Penny is there but Rashad Penny has been hurt in years past it's it's a position that obviously no. is is prone to injuries as well there's no guarantee that Chris Carson's going to come back right when you look at how Pete Car- Pete Carroll was talking about his neck and they're like yeah I mean like he's fine but just is he football fine who knows and that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of dangerous right when something like that happens unless the are
0: reporters. Like I, I was, I was asking about football fine. I wasn't asking about fine just to walk around.
1: Right, right, straight. right. So, uh, <laughs> so I, I think that there is a reality where Kenneth Walker could eventually be the starting running back of the Seattle Seahawks. We know their passing game is probably going to be abysmal um, with their quarterback situation there. D. Carroll wants to run the ball anyways. And so I think that that landing spot for Kenneth Walker could end up being really huge for him. I love the, the James White, landing spot as well to be a pass catching third down back and explosive option out of the backfield for a potent Buffalo Bills offense that we know is going to score a lot of points rack up a lot of yards I think that that's one that I really like of course I like the Drake London fit because there is quite literally no one else in Atlanta that they could throw the ball to from the wide receiver position I get that Kyle Pitts is there and they're going to lean on him plenty but I think that they're just Drake London is just going to by default gets so many targets that that you have to absolutely love that one. Um I'm trying to think of a less I like the John Mechie one too. That you know, speaking of we we just talked about Chris Godwin coming back from an ACL injury, John Mechie also coming back from an ACL injury. So I don't know if he's going to start on the, on the PUP list or, or or what, but when he comes back, I really like him as a wide receiver too, to compliment Brandon cooks, Brandon cooks is going to take a lot of the attention. And John Mechie is, is used to playing with other really talented wide receivers. He understands how to get open. He understands how to, be a be a decoy or even use a main wide receiver to his advantage where he's taking and manipulating space. I think he's great with his route running already, understands how to get to the soft spots of coverages. So I just think he's a smart receiver already. And because of that, you could see some good uh, return on investment from him. So those are a handful of spots just kind of off the top of my head that I like a lot.
0: Messi very workmanlike. And one of the things that people liked about him is and, you know, one of the things that I liked about him is he, you know he's pretty good, he's pretty good at everything. I think one of the reasons why he got slept on a little bit. It's because there wasn't that one part of his skill set in a class that had so many of these guys that had the finished skill set. Chris Olafe just so silky smooth, right? Garrett Wilson, so unbelievably twitchy. Um, you can go through all the, you know, Drake London, go up and get it, my ball freak. You know, I mean, all these guys have that one kind of thing. Messi's just kind of good at everything. <laughs> Correct, like, so, right? So he it's got kind of, like, so it's uh, yeah. I, I really like that call for sure. All right, what about what, what about one for all the haters, Trev? Who who landed in the worst spot? Who who, who, who lived with an NFL team where they're just they're completely dust now? They're never gonna make it. <laughs> Everything's ruined.
1: <laughs> I I hate I hate saying that about literally everybody. Um. Ooh. Also. Also. Now that I'm scrolling the wide receiver list, also wanted to shout out uh, Kalosha Shakir. He as a is a good one. Like he oh, landed sure. in a really good spot. I think that he could potentially be a massive slot option and a target guy for the Buffalo Bills as soon as this year. Who landed in a bad spot? I mean, I don't know how Jahan Dotson's gonna play now that Carson Wentz is throwing in the ball. Maybe that'll be okay. That, that's a good one. That's probably one that I think that he was overdrafted a little bit. But look, if they drafted him as high as they did, I think that he obviously is going to get a lot of carries there. I have no idea why uh, Ty Davis Price was drafted as high as he was in the third round to the San Francisco 49ers. I guess they plan on using him plenty there. But I was a little bit confused by that landing spot. I liked a lot of the other ones, though. I'm looking at and I'm I'm trying to find like ones that I really didn't like, and I don't have a lot of them. There's just, there. There's a lot of there's a lot of players who went to certain spots that I could see good return on investment for. Brees Hall, you know, I already mentioned Walker and Cook, Rashad White. I mean, that's probably we, we already talked. About there you that
0: go, one. there you go, man. That's you took the circuitous route, but you've already said that you're not high on Rashad yeah, White. Right? This is, that's that's this probably not a great situation. that's
1: probably the one where he's got the furthest path to contributing this year. So it's probably that one.